everybody. This is Dave DeBow here with another spotlight episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. We're doing another RIA or Real Estate Investment Club Spotlight. And today, zooming in all the way from Chicago, we've got Jane Garvey, who is part of the Chicago Creative Investors Association. And Jane, I've done quite a few of these interviews. However, I haven't met too many people that belong to a club that's been around since 1984. So that is very impressive. Thanks, sir. Thanks for being on the call. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm really looking forward to this. So, Jane, tell me a little bit about the Chicago Creative Investors Association. You guys have been around, my goodness, since before I even graduated from high school, from crying out loud. So tell me a little bit about the backstory of the of the association and what it's all about. Hello. Backstory of it is, I actually was one of the co-founders of it back in 1984. And you're still going strong with it. I'm still going strong. And part of it is the way we set it up. My late husband and I and a friend had all belonged to several other real estate investor associations in the Chicagoland area who had joined together, moved their time and date, moved their location so so that we could not attend. Hmm. And couple times that we broke free from our other obligations and went, we weren't finding any of the people we knew and, you know, enjoyed over the years. So you decided to start your own thing. So we decided to start our own thing. And that was back sometime in 1984. I never memorialized it in any fashion. And it has been quite a ride because when we started it, we were still relatively new into investing, you know, maybe five years or so. And once you stand up in front of a group and start acting like you lead it, everybody comes looking to you for expertise, which may or may not have been there. And we looked right back at the audience and said, the expertise is here. We just need to figure out how to make the connections to make it happen for you. Right. And that worked well for a while. My husband and I were both college professors at the time we started this at Loyola in the business school. And... We fairly soon thereafter quit our jobs to do real estate full-time. About five years later, at age 40, he passed away. And the other guy had left about six months into running the group. So there I was. And over the years, I've kind of labeled myself the benevolent dictator. I don't I don't use the term very often anymore because dictators are really I think my wife should go for that term too. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's anybody who feels badly about my dictating what goes on. But when we started the group, we talked to a bunch of people and said, you know, board meetings suck. Kind of boring. They're boring. We could do everything that needs doing in less time than it takes to do a board meeting. So let's just do it. And that's basically what we did then. And I've continued that for a long time now. Yeah. So what kind of meetings do you hold? Or, you know, obviously at the time we're recording this, COVID still poking around and Omicron and all that stuff. Prior to that, what kind of meetings did you guys hold and what are you what are you doing these days? We have held for all of these years in the West Suburban area of Chicago mm-hmm. a main meeting on a Sunday evening from 5:30 in the evening until usually they would end by about nine. And Sunday evening, it's one time that most people aren't working real jobs. The traffic is a lot lighter, so they can come from all over the area. Yeah. And we have always had people drive down from Wisconsin and up from northern Indiana and, you know, from about a third of the way across the state come to the meetings. 
as well as from in the city. And mm-hmm. some of the closer people actually go, that's too far away from me. I go, well, there's other people driving a hundred miles. So I think you're a lot closer than that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but so that's our main meeting. And that has three major or four major segments to it. A legislative update, because I've been very active for the last 25 years in the Illinois Rental Property Owners Association, which I was one of the major starters of monitoring legislation coming from our state house. And we have a segment that usually I get somebody to do a brief educational segment that's kind of, so there'll be several topics. Then we have a have want section where people offer property for sale, offer lending, ask questions for the audience to give them answers to or give them resources for. And then we have a main speaker on some topic, always investing of some kind or sometimes psychological, motivational stuff. That's an important part of investing too, that's for sure, yeah. And sometimes we have additional like half day or full day workshops that we hold, sometimes related to the meeting, sometimes not. Mm -hmm. Occasionally I'll find an excellent speaker that's got enough of a reputation that I don't have to have them previewed at a meeting. Those have always been live. And long long comes COVID and mandates to shut stuff down. We missed our March 2020 meeting because of it. Mm -hmm. The shutdowns here happened like two days before our meeting would have been. And I very rapidly got fluent in Zoom. And we picked right back up and held our main meetings. We have held some workshops online as well. And I'm still trying to figure out, first of all, like, I can't safely book a meeting because we have a governor here in Illinois that, you know, drop of a hat shuts everything down again. Right. And right at the moment, I think I probably could, but it might be restricted on who could come. And I, as you might guess, being around for 37 plus years, I have a sizable portion of my audience that is older and somewhat thankful that I'm holding stuff on Zoom. So I don't feel like for those guys, some of whom in the meantime, have retired and moved elsewhere, but they're still coming to the meetings online. I don't really feel for those people like I can just yank it out from under them and strictly go back to in person. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's been a mixed bag, hasn't it? It's been kind of a, obviously a horrendous pain in the butt, but the silver lining is it's forced us to get good at technology. And I don't know, I don't know about you guys, but a lot of club organizers and real organizers I've spoken with They've actually been able to expand their reach because they're online. So just like you said, you're in Chicago. A lot of your longtime members have retired and moved south to warmer climes, but now they can still stay connected with their old friends and acquaintances through the club via Zoom. Yeah, I've been hearing from them. And I used to, by the way, after my husband passed away, I picked up where he had left off with a national traveling guru person. I was going out and speaking, in other words, and trying to platform sales, which I was horrible at. You know, I would give everybody something, but taking money for anything was just unacceptable. Yeah. And that got me a natural national reach. I was publishing a monthly newsletter that had subscribers in almost all the states, you know, several thousand direct subscribers. I was providing content for probably about 30 other groups wow. that were had republish rights for my newsletter. And so I have always had a national reach. I have not done a good job in COVID because I keep on thinking it's going over, going away any second. I have not done a good job in reaching out to that national audience and saying, hey, you know, show up. You can get connected, get the connections we've got. 
Well, there you go. That, that might be a little thing to put on your to-do list. Never it's know. something I definitely need to do. Yeah, for sure. So you've been around real estate investors and you've been part of a club. It sounds like five years before you guys even started your RIA. You know, for somebody who's who's not part or not actively part of Real Estate Investors Association or Real Estate Club, what do you think personally are the big benefits of joining any club in general, not just your guys, but in general, joining a, some sort of a club or association? There's, first of all, industry connections is huge. I mean, knowing other people that can help you tell, you know, decide what you ought to be doing if you're purchasing something or if you're hiring a contractor. One of the things I think, at least my group provides, I don't know that every group does, but because of the legislative activity we have and the continuous watch on what laws are out there, I can tell people just from my years of doing this, where beginners and where people that are not connected with a group are going to trip and fall and get punished big time by government. Right. And that's something I see my neighbors kept their old house and rented out. Well, they don't know any of the laws about what the restrictions are on renting, you know, how they can treat tenants, what they've got to have in their leases. They don't know any of that and they don't think they need to know it. Hmm. But even as a very minor investor who's only doing one rental property, they're subject to a ton of laws that really they're clueless about. Yeah. Right. And ignorance is no excuse with the government on and I don't know about I don't know about Illinois, but up here in Canada, a lot of provinces the laws seem to be very, very in favor of the tenant versus the landlord. I don't know about your neck of the woods. Well, they definitely are. I mean, right. Chicago and, and Cook, it's expanding to Cook County. But if you don't have the right lease, you don't have the right clauses in your lease, you don't have your security deposit held in exactly the right place with all the right things, every single little item that you miss is punishable by twice the security deposit plus attorney's fees. Easy. And so, so your neighbors don't have the faintest clue about that, right? They don't have a clue about it. And I mean, my next door neighbor does. Yeah, I got them to get a professional tenant on board. They're, oh, God. Yeah. yeah. And, and I've heard from those kind of people that, and we also have attorneys that basically solicit tenants, you know, anything Perfect. wrong, let me know. And I heard from some poor lady who had just, she had rented out her house because she needed to go back to grad school, left for grad school for three years came back, withheld something like $200 worth of the security deposit because there was a hole in the wall and you know a little bit of other stuff needed doing, hmm. got attacked by one of these lawsuits and ended up with, first of all, the penalty is not something the judge can decide is ridiculous. It's statutory penalty. And she ended up 36 times her security deposit. Oh which basically plus attorney's fees, which is basically every diamond rent she collected plus paid for the attorneys. Wow. 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 That's yeah. Okay. There you go. That's a good cautionary tale. That, so if you're not part a, of, if you're not part of your local real estate investor association, even if you are, and, and they aren't dialing in on those kind of issues, that might be something to bring up. So, well, let's, let's switch gears here, Jane, because that's kind of doom and gloom. It's good to help avoid that, that kind of stuff. But, <laughs> Over the last 35 plus years, you've been, you know, running your association. One or two of your favorite member success stories that, that just kind of popped to mind. Like, well, you know, somebody that came in not having a clue. And then after 
after a while, they got some experience and they achieved some serious success. What, what pops to mind? I don't know that this guy came in not having a clue. He probably did before the group started. But I remember one particular person who called me up as he was retiring. And he had owned three eight flats. So three eight-unit buildings in one of the suburban areas here. He'd lived in a unit and worked for a utility company all the time up, up until then. I think he was probably in his early 50s. And he exchanged out of two of the buildings into a house on the seven-mile drive at Pebble Beach in California. Nice. Which, in order to make it an exchange, he had to hold it as a rental for a while. So he did. And he called me up, told me when he was doing that, we discussed what he was doing and whether it made any sense and would work. And then when he finally got about two years later, said, okay, I'm going to convert that to a single family residence for me. And he sold his other eight unit. So he'd have kicking around money and moved out into his home on the seven mile drive in Pebble Beach. Nice. So he went from apartment living to probably in, in my view, one of the most gorgeous places one could live. Yeah, pretty swanky place in a pretty pretty nice area. Very, very nice. Awesome. So, Jane, time flies when we're having fun. It's obvious that you know your stuff when it comes to real estate investing. It's obvious that you know a lot when it comes to running a real estate investment association. Uh, you guys are doing online meetings these days. Um, if people want to find out more about you and your association, what should they do? Well, our website has a whole bunch of information on both. Mm-hmm. So Chicago, well, it's CCIA, the initials for Chicago Creative Investors Association, at minus sign or a dash, info, as in short for information, dot com. So CCIA-info.com. And in there, you can search around. You can find all, a bunch of articles by me, about me, about the group. We have no behind-the-wall membership-only area, so there's a ton of information on there that's available to anybody who shows up and anybody else. Our Zoom meetings, as I said, I haven't figured out how to charge for them, so they're free. (laughs) It's not great for running the club, but it's great for your your members, that's for sure, and people that are interested, yeah. Yeah, I think somebody the other day called me up and said, Jane, you're the most selfless person I've ever met. (laughs) I said, I don't know whether it's selflessness or haven't figured out how to monetize anything, but it could be selfless because I really do spend a lot of time helping people. That's wonderful. I can tell that. So again, check out, check that out. We'll put the link in the show notes here, folks, but ccia-info.com is where you can find all out all about that. Jane, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing some of your wisdom from all these years of, of running a successful RIA and hats off to you for the value you provide, plus the success you've enjoyed as an active real estate investor yourself. I appreciate the, having had the opportunity to talk to people. Thank you, Dave. All right, everybody. Take care and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning into this special spotlight episode. Now, if you're a real estate investor and you're looking to find private money partners and raise capital for your deals, then check out moneypartnerformula.com. You get a free copy of my book. You can find out how to raise six figures or more in six weeks or less. Again, that's moneypartnerformula.com.